So do you know then that you will rest and at the end of the days you will arise to receive what you have been allotted? Can you honestly, hand on heart before God, say that, yes, I know for sure, I will rest, I will arise, and I will receive? All right, so for the very, very last Time then uh, let's turn in our Bibles to the book of Daniel. Uh, we're at the end of Daniel this week. We're going to finish off chapter 12. Tamsin, thank you uh, for reading for us. And uh, we look forward to when you can resume reading uh, scripture for us uh, in person as you uh, do usually, regularly, or did in, in 2019. Anyway, so Daniel chapter 12, we're going to finish our study of Daniel this morning, uh, and there was an 18th century English theologian, among other jobs and things uh, that he did, uh, called John Wesley, and he said that when I was young, I was sure of everything. In a few years, having been mistaken a thousand times, I was not half so sure of most things as I was before. At present, I am hardly sure of anything but what God has revealed to me. Today then we're going to talk about uh, certainty for your future and uh, maybe at the moment your life is or you feel like your life is lacking a lot of certainty. Uh, for the most of us these questions are very very true. Things like when will you next travel and leave the island? Uh, when or where will your next deployment be? When are you going to get those orders to know where you're being deployed to next? When will that next job contract and project come through that means you know you've got steady work for another couple of years? Will you get offered that job that you've been thinking about and looking at and leave Bahrain in a few short months? Should you stay here another year or would you be better moving off to another part of the world, maybe closer to friends and family? Is your Middle Eastern adventure drawing to a close? Is 2020, is this season of your life a bit of a catalyst? for a big change. I think one of those questions is, at least one of those questions is probably very, very applicable to all of us right now because there is less perceived certainty about our lives now uh, than there was, what, six, eight, ten months ago. And it's something that we all want. It's something that we all need in our lives, isn't it? To know what's going on uh, what's going to happen, when, why, how, because we like a bit of future certainty, don't we? we? We like to know what is coming so that we can decide how we're going to behave uh, now. So today then, uh, we're going to answer this question through looking at Daniel chapter 12. Is your future certain? And I'm absolutely convinced that this applies to each and every one of us, uh, no matter your stage or station in life. Uh, is your future certain? This is intensely personal. This is absolutely for you, individual you, this morning. Is your future certain? So, Daniel chapter 12, the latter three quarters of the chapter. Uh, we said that chapters 10, 11, 12 is really one big cohesive unit. Chapter 10 was kind of the preparation of Daniel and uh, 11 was where all the action took place and then today Daniel 12 is kind of the conclusion of this, this, this epic vision and explanation 
that Daniel had, had. and it's also the, the conclusion of the book. Uh, so same as every week then, as we've walked through Daniel, we're going to see what it said first, what it says, what it means, and then what it means for us, because we can't draw conclusions for our lives now if we don't know what was being said then, can we? If we start with a conclusion and work backwards, what that means is that we're actually using God's word to back up what we want to say. So we're going to start with a conclusion. I want my life to be like this, and I'm going to find a passage in English that says something remotely similar, and then it must be, it must be from the Bible. Uh, but no, we're going to start with what it says, what it means, then we're going to draw a conclusion for our lives. So Daniel chapter 12, picking up in verse 4, as Thames in red, we read, But you, Daniel, close up these words and seal the book until the time of the end. Many will dash about and knowledge will increase. So Daniel's been told to close the words and seal the book until the time of the end. And we've said that's the same as saying the end of time uh, as we know it. So we're looking forward, forward, forward again. And Daniel's been told, look, that's enough now. Enough stuff has been revealed and when we pause and think, there has been a lot of stuff revealed to us in Daniel chapters 10, 11, and 12. We've seen this wannabe world ruler. We've seen a one world religion, some great tribulation, war, deliverance, resurrection, judgment, reward. There has been a lot going on uh, in Daniel 10, 11, and 12. So he's told, look, that's enough. Close these words, that's enough. Enough's been revealed to you. And seal it. That doesn't mean he's going to lock it up in a safe. It carries the meaning, it has the idea of how you would seal something with a, with a ring and a wax seal. Or in modern terms, you'd take a paper to a government office for somebody to stamp it. Uh, we, given what's happened <laughs> in, in our church life in the last two years, we're pretty good at getting papers stamped. Uh, now, so that's the idea that whatever you're presenting is going to be authenticated. You're stamping it to make it true and legitimate. And this is all going to happen. That's enough revelation. We're going to stamp and we're going to seal it. We're going to authenticate it until time as we know it is done. And these events that we read about predominantly last week uh, are going to take place. In the meantime, then, between now and all these things that happen in Daniel 10, 11, 12. Our angelic messenger says that many people will dash about and knowledge will increase. It's knowledge of these events. doesn't mean that as time goes on, more people are going to get PhDs. Uh, it means that that's enough revelation for now. And between the time of it being revealed and the time of it happening, people are going to come to learn about this. People are going to come to know about this. So even though Daniel's people, God's people in the here and the now of Daniel 12, might not have fully understood what was going on, because it was all kind of shrouded in a bit of future fog. As time progresses, it's going to become a little bit clearer what was really being talked about. And we've got the wonderful privilege of living now, so many years after it, and as we've walked through Daniel, we've hopefully quite clearly explained who's this, what's that, when's this going to happen, how's this going to happen? And then we see a couple of explanations in the rest of this chapter. In verses 5, 6, and 7, 
We see the first one. Daniel sees a couple of other angels in addition to the main speaking angelic messenger uh, that we've talked about a lot this last couple of weeks. Uh, And there's one on either side of a river. And they say to the messenger, when will this happen? Now, this is certainly for Daniel's benefit. And now because we're reading it, it's for our benefit too, isn't it? And that's the million-dollar question, isn't it? When will the end of these wondrous events occur? So it's great. Thanks that you've told us all this stuff. Uh, When? When is this all going to happen? So the messenger, the main information giver of Daniel 10, 11, and 12, we see that he raises his hands to the sky and makes an oath by the one who lives forever. And then he says, it's for a time, times, and half a time. Then, when the power of the one who shatters the holy people has been exhausted, all these things will be finished. Uh, Time, times, and half a time, we've said in previous weeks, is a is a period of three and a half years. So all this stuff, Daniel, is going to be over a three and a half year period. And then, again, as we've talked about before, if you've, if, if you're not, if you've not been with us through Daniel, I'd really encourage you to go back and listen and watch to those things because this is one big cohesive unit. Uh, so over this three and a half year period, then at the end of it, when the Antichrist is defeated, everything is finished, all this will be done. Done, done, done. So putting this together with what we learned in chapter 7 and chapter 9 and chapter 11, we're talking about the second half of the 70th week. Again, it, uh, if, you've not, if you weren't with us through chapter 9, go back and listen. Uh, and this lines up really well with what we read in the book of Revelation. Uh, In Revelation chapter 13, uh, John sees forward into the future, and he's talking about this period of the Antichrist's rule, where this this figure, this end times want-to-be world leader, is given authority to rule for a fixed period of time, to persecute, to blaspheme. We read in Revelation 13.5, The beast was given a mouth speaking proud words and blasphemies and he was permitted to exercise ruling authority for 42 months. Uh, Three years would be 36 months, half a year on that is 42 months. So when will all of these world ending events take place that we've read in Daniel? The answer is that it will happen over a three and a half year period and then... At the end of that three and a half year period, when the Antichrist is defeated, as we've talked about a lot of times, as we read, all these things will be finished. So, uh, so far, so good. Quite certain. There's a lot of certainty about the future, isn't there? There's nothing really unclear there. If we were all together on a Friday morning, uh, I'd be looking for people to nod and, and... and whatnot. Uh, if you're on the YouTube chat, maybe you can give us a big thumbs up that like, yes, so far, so good. Daniel chapter 11 said all this stuff that's going to happen. Then an angel asks for Daniel's benefit. When's this going to happen? It's going to happen over a three and a half year period. And at the end of that, the Antichrist is finished, done. And time as we know it is finished, essentially. Then in verses 8 through to 13, Daniel still doesn't understand. So do you know what? If you're struggling to keep up with this epic prophecy of Daniel 10, 11, and 12. That's fine. Daniel says in verse 8, he still doesn't understand. We read in verse 8, and we, I heard, but I did not understand. Uh, 
He asks, all right, then what's going to happen? So time as we know it is finished. There's this end times world leader. The Antichrist is defeated. All this stuff is gone. And Daniel still wants to know, all right, what's next? And how much do you identify with that? How much, in a few short words, is Daniel identifying himself with us? He doesn't always, and we don't always, understand the supernatural or the spiritual or even the scriptural uh, things in our lives. And just as a quick kind of pause and a quick sidebar, it's all right. It's all right not to know. It's all right not to understand every single thing that we read that's supernatural and spiritual and otherworldly. It's all right to admit that you don't know all that there is to know because you are not omniscient as God is omniscient. Even if we pool our collective brain cells and we try to understand, we're never going to do it. It's all right to admit that you don't know some stuff. On the other side of that, it's actually a huge sign of pride and boasting if you, yep, I know everything that there is to know about this. I understand to the day when all this is going to happen. It's just... It's more of a sign of pride if you reckon you've got it all figured out than it is like Daniel to say, I heard, but I didn't understand. And then Daniel says, Sir, Lord, it's a very respectful title to this angelic messenger. He says, Sir, what will happen after these things? And the response is so good in verse 9. He's told, Go, Daniel. Enough. Enough, enough, enough. Go, Daniel. These matters are closed and sealed until the end of time. Time of the end. Very, very simply, that's enough, Daniel. Leave this alone now. That's enough questions. That's enough explanations and everything else that we've done for you, Daniel. Just be content with what God has revealed thus far. That's enough, Daniel. Leave this question alone. You don't need to know any more than we have now written here. Uh, And then he's told that, look... Many people, Daniel, that's enough questions, that's enough revelation and explanation, but many people are going to be purified and made clean and refined. I love, I love this point that, look, Daniel, that's enough for now, but take encouragement from knowing that between end of prophecy and end of, of, of time, uh, take encouragement from knowing that lots and lots and lots of people are going to be made righteous in the eyes of God before all this happens, purified, made clean, and refined. And perhaps here, in his distinctly Jewish mind, and his Jewish frame of thinking and reference, Daniel was thinking about the Israelites. But, again, one of the wonderful things about us living after the time of the birth and life and death and resurrection of Jesus is that we know that being purified, that being made clean and refined, all of these things are only truly possible when a truly worthy sacrifice is made, a truly all-sufficient sacrifice, a supreme and spotless sacrifice. So this degree of purification, of justification, of refinement is only possible through Jesus isn't it? So there's a ray of light kind of shining through all this future fog, isn't there, which is such a great thing. But the rest of that statement is actually quite sad, isn't it? So in verse 10 we read that many will be purified, made clean, and refined, which is great. 
but the wicked will go on being wicked. None of the wicked will understand, though the wise will understand. So even though this angelic messenger has told Daniel what will happen, even though it's recorded and readily available for free, we read the wicked will go on being wicked, none of the wicked will understand. So we've got this great first statement in verse 10. Loads of people are going to be purified, made clean and refined. And that's looking ahead to the finished work of Jesus on the cross, isn't it? And then, but you know what? None of the wicked are really going to get this and accept this. So we go from a, this great, wonderful, positive statement, a little bit of a sad statement, and then verses 11 and 12 are so difficult, so confusing. You read this and you feel like Daniel... I heard, but I did not understand. Uh, there's a 19th century, again, a little bit more modern, uh, American theologian, Albert Barnes, wrote that what the angel says in verse 11 and 12 in these closing remarks kind of sounds detached and unexplained. Things that he said, but he then didn't explain. So if you read verses 11 and 12 and think, I've no idea what he's talking about, that's fine. <laughs> like Daniel, I heard, but I didn't understand. So this angel, angelic message goes on to say, in verse 11, from the time the sacrifice is removed and the abomination of desolation is set up, again, we've talked about this a few times, there is 1,290 days. And in verse 12, blessed is the one who waits and attains the 1,335 days. So this is difficult, isn't it? We've just talked about a time, times, and half a time. Three and a half years, 1,260 days, most commonly calculated. Not 1,290, certainly not 1,335. So we've got a, a gap here. We've got this unexplained period of time. This is difficult. There's nothing, there's nothing else going on here that explains it. This is difficult. Again, like Daniel, we're reading, but we don't understand. And I read this week that there's a clue for us in Matthew 25 which describes a time of judgment when Jesus comes back. Immediately after his return, there's a period of judgment. You read about that in Matthew 25 uh, verses 31 to 46 and it's a time for separating sheep and goats and wheat and chaff and it's a, a time of judgment. And I also read this week that all attempts to find an exact application of Daniel verse 12, verse 11 and 12. An exact application of these literal numbers, all attempts break down. So rather than look for some hidden and cryptic and secret meaning that nobody has seen in the last 2,000 years, uh, let's just accept like, a little bit like Daniel. We're reading, we're trying, we're not understanding fully. Jesus kind of talked about this period. He comes back immediately, and then there's a period of judgment. It, it's perhaps that it's, we could make a good case for that, but it doesn't say explicitly. Nobody said explicitly in the last 2,000 years. So let's not think ourselves into oblivion trying to find a connection that nobody's ever found. Uh, and instead, let's stick with the advice of verse 13. But, so well, I've, I've told you these mind-bending numbers that don't seem to fit with anything, Daniel, but... You should go your way until the end. 
You will rest and then at the end of the days you will arise to receive what you have been allotted. So Daniel didn't live to see so many of the prophecies and the predictions uh, that he was told and, and shown, did he? He, the angel said, would rest and it's, he would die a physical death. Uh, but he will be resurrected. You will arise. And he, he's gonna, he knows, he's been told, you're going to receive the inheritance of your faith. You're going to receive what you have been allotted. That's the last thing that Daniel was told that he then recorded. So because of the future certainty that Daniel had based on what God has said, he lived a tremendously faithful life in his here and now, in his present didn't he? Uh, but rather than use that as a springboard to say uh, you need to be a Daniel and you need to live a tremendously faithful life, uh, let's now look at where we come into this. So for Daniel and for God's people at the time, they're being told, look, God has plans for you and the re receiving this prophecy now is going to have some value now. But look, stick with it because there's going to be a day in the future when all of this becomes so worth it. That day in the future is absolutely certainly coming. As we read in verse 9, this, the, the time of the end is the promise that you, God's people, Daniel and the people living this, there's so much certainty about that. So live faithfully now. And, and this is where we come in, because we, we, we're closer to this than Daniel was, aren't we? As time is moving down its line in its very linear fashion, we're closer to the end of it than Daniel was uh, back here. So that it, at the time, it would have given the people a rock-solid future hope that would motivate their current faithfulness. They're working toward a day when they start to see God's promises really blossoming and and blooming. They knew what was coming in the future, so they knew how to act today. And just think about this, that your behavior now is always governed to, to some degree by what you think or what you know is coming in your future, isn't it? And for a couple of a quick, quick examples for me, uh, I work to deadlines almost every day of the week because of what I know is coming in the future for me. So Friday is always coming. It comes around every single week. So I need to study, I need to pray, I need to write a message. Tuesday morning's coming uh, on which we release uh, a midweek teaching. We can't gather for a midweek well, anything we can't. <laughs> we don't have a midweek service, so we do a midweek audio teachings. It's the same. Got to study, got to pray, got to write, got to record. Eight o'clock in the morning comes round every day, and we like to prepare a daily devotional for people to start their day with a bit of God's word. Monday comes around every single week, and we often have leadership and prayer meetings. Got to prepare for those things. So, because of what I know is coming in my week, that influences what I do every day. Things like that. What we know is coming in our future motivates and influences what we do in the now. And so for God's people then in the book of Daniel, they've pretty much been told what's going to happen to them with the, 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 the progression and the succession of these earthly empires that's going to rule the land in which they live. 
then a little bit further down the line, and then a long way down the line, and then into eternity. So they've seen that their waiting is absolutely going to be worth it because what they're waiting for is 100% certain to come. They know what God has said about them. They know what God has said he's going to do. There is a great deal of future certainty in their lives. So they know how they should be living now. And so then, what about you? Is your future certain? We've talked so many times in Daniel about Jesus and his coming again. How certain it is that he will come again as he did the first time physically, bodily to earth. That's absolutely certain. For every prediction prophecy of his first coming, there are multiple times more predictions about his second coming. So for you then, is your future certain? Are you 100% sure, based on what God has said and done, of what happens to you when you breathe your last? As we read for Daniel, when you rest at the end of your days, are you 100% certain what happens to you? Have you professed and confessed Faith in Jesus, who he says he is, what he's done and what that means for you. Is there that cast iron concrete level of certainty in your life and in your future? If not, if you are not 100% sure what happens to you, then find out. You don't need to, to wonder and hope and breathe your last rest as we read here and wonder, I wonder what's going to happen to me now. There's no need to be so uncertain about your future. Don't, we shouldn't go drifting through life. Please don't go drifting through life uh, based on, well, I guess traditionally I've always been told that uh, this happens or when I was a kid I heard my grandma talking about something so I... Yeah, I guess that's what happens uh, in the future for me. If you're not 100% sure what your individual future holds based on the tried and true and tested teaching of Scripture, it is time for you to find out. I would love to help you find out as well. But let me tell you right now that because of what Jesus did, the promises that we've read in chapter 12, like last week, the wise will shine like the brightness of the heavenly expanse. And then today, many will be purified, made clean and refined. Because of what Jesus did, those promises are available to you. For sure. They can be part of your future. So let me ask you again then, are those promises in your future. We're getting intensely personal now. We've started with the big truths of chapter 12, what God has said he's going to do. Big picture. Uh, and now we're getting to talk about, uh, about you. Individual you. Whoever you are, wherever you're watching, wherever you're listening, we're talking about you individually. There's no corporate covering of, I go to church Sometimes, so I guess I'm good. 
There's nothing like that anymore. It doesn't matter where you're from. doesn't matter your, your family. Nothing matters anymore. We're talking about you, individual you. At the end of the gospel, according to John, there's a wonderful example of this. Jesus tells Peter uh, that essentially, look, uh, you're going to die the death of a martyr, which means you're going to die for the faith and belief that, that, that you've got. Peter then sees John lurking around and says, Lord, what about him? And Jesus' response is so personal, so intensely personal. Do you know what he said? Jesus said, if I want him, John, if I want him to live until I come back, he even said he's coming back, if I want John to live until I come back, what concern of that is yours? What concern of that? What concern? Oh my gosh, get him read. What concern is that of yours? There we go. Uh, you follow me. The same is true for Daniel here. You should go your way until the end. You will rest, and then at the end of the days, you will arise to receive what you have been allotted. Not what's allotted for your people that you're a part of. Not uh, you will rest, and then at the end of time, uh, you will arise to receive what's been allotted to a group of people that you're on the periphery of, but you've never really committed to. It's all, this is all intensely personal now. It's the same for Peter. What concern of that is yours? What, why, why are you bothered, Peter, about somebody else? You follow me. The same is true for Peter, the same is true for Daniel, and the same is true for you. Are you certain what your future holds? Do you know where your future certainty is coming from? We know at the moment, don't we, life in 2020, it's very, very uncertain. Everything we might have turned to in yesteryear for a bit of stability and certainty has actually turned out to be sinking sand. Everything that you'd plan your year based around, everything that you would look to, well, at least that's going to keep going. Nothing is going to keep, nothing's keeping going at the moment, is it? Everything is liable to change. So do you know then that you will rest and at the end of the days, you will arise to receive what you have been allotted. Can you honestly, hand on heart before God, say that, yes, I know for sure, I will rest, I will arise, and I will receive? Can you honestly say that without a shadow of a doubt? Do you know that? Are you certain of that? And I really, really, really hope and pray that you are certain of that. And it is available to you, and it is available to me because of Jesus and his death and his resurrection and because of the grace of God. You are able to have the principles of what we've talked about here in Daniel 12 applied to you. You will rest, and then at the end of the days, you will arise to receive what you have been allotted. There is nothing in our lives that can ever give us as much certainty as that which is found in Jesus. So, Daniel chapter 12, is your future certain? If you have put your faith in Jesus, your trust in Jesus, your hope in Jesus, then yes, your future is certain beyond any shadow of a doubt. If you've never done that, 
If you've done a, a bit of a half-hearted job, if you're doing, as John writes uh, in one of his letters, if you say you have fellowship with him and yet keep on walking in the darkness, therefore actually you're not, it's not as real as you might think it is. If you've, not, if you've never done that, if you've done a half-hearted job of doing that, then there is no better time than right now uh, to do that. Let's commit to a life of future certainty based on the tried and tested teachings of Scripture and the person that they all drive us toward. And then we can experience the kind of future certainty that is only found in Jesus. So for the last time, do you for sure know that you will rest and at the end of the days you will arise to receive what you have been allotted. I really, really, really hope that you do. It will change your life both now and into eternity and it will bring such a future certainty to your life. Let's pray.